This is Josh Kanak, and I'm a sales agronomist in CHS Ag Services in Hazel, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Will of updates from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. Heavy snow is continuing to move across a large swath of southern North Dakota, northeast and eastern South Dakota, and western Minnesota. The system extends into the Twin Cities, southern Minnesota, western Wisconsin as well. Winds will remain strong through at least midday. The Arctic air is delivering dangerous wind chills to the region. Bitterly cold conditions will likely continue through midday tomorrow. North Dakota Ag Weather Network Director Daryl Richardson expects the region to see a cooler than normal spring, but there shouldn't be a repeat of last year's wet planting season. Richardson says there isn't much frost in this ground. A lot of spots, it's more like a foot. So I think a positive of that agriculturally is instead of a lot of energy this spring going into getting rid of all that frost in the soil, that energy be used to warm up the soil and low warm up the atmosphere perhaps a little bit. So that big snowstorm in December, although it's kind of a tough week, I think has a net benefit perhaps this upcoming spring. If we can keep the big storm away, you know, we had a couple last year in April, of course, it really hurt the grow, uh, planting season. If those stay away this year, I think that storm in December actually will probably help us get out in the fields a little bit earlier this year. The USDA Agricultural Outlook Forum kicks off this morning. It begins, it began really with a data dump with a 10-year outlook for crops and livestock. The grain trade, of course, focused on the numbers for this upcoming year. USDA is forecasting corn acreage at 91 million. That would be in line with industry estimates. The soybeans forecast at 87.5 million acres, down about 1 million acres from industry estimates. Wheat seedings are expected to come in at 49.5 million. That's slightly above the industry prediction. The investment of soy crush plants in the U.S. is historic. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. In a soy crush in South American Expansion Report webinar, CHS Vice President of North America Grain Marketing, Chris Bothan, says soybean meal and oil demand is increasing. That growth, that growth is really spurred by GDP growth in these countries. And, and what we see in general is as folks get more disposable income. They spend more of that money on you know, increased protein in their diets and more oil consumption as well. So we, what we see going forward is a 2 to 3% growth year on year in soybean meal demand globally. And so it's a very healthy market and good demand coming to, to this space. The second reason that oil seed crush is, is happening is due to the fact that we haven't seen a lot of capacity growth over the last two or three decades. In 2019, we had two new soy crush plants come online. But in general, the market has been fairly disciplined. And Pawson says the driver behind soy crush expansion is renewable diesel. The real reason why we're seeing soy crush expansion happen is renewable diesel. The renewable diesel plants are going up around the U.S. And what that means is that we're going to have more soy crush coming online. The development of renewable diesel sector as a green fuel is largely built off of some political and regulatory support, decarbonization. And what we're doing here is we're taking a historically food-grade product like soybean oil, and we're adding incremental demand in the form of energy, putting it into our trucks and diesel tanks. If we look at what's fueling renewable diesel, it's heavily supported by government policies and tax incentives. Reporting agriculture's business.
I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Minutes from the Federal Reserve meeting earlier this month have been released. The information suggests the Fed may take a slower pace with its interest rate increases. There are also Fed officials concerned about inflation, and they don't want to stop the interest rate hikes too soon. Another quarter point increase is expected when the Fed meets again in late March. Due to the confirmation of a case of BSE, Brazilian beef sales to China have been suspended. This appears to be an atypical case, meaning the disease appears spontaneously in nature. The suspension is expected to be a temporary situation while the case is being investigated. Senate Agriculture Committee Chair Debbie Stabenow and Ranking Member John Bozeman are inviting all stakeholders to provide feedback on the 2018 Farm Bill and provide ideas for this year's legislation. Comments can be submitted to the Senate Agriculture Committee website. Colorado's Senate Ag Committee narrowly voted to move legislation forward that would ban the slaughter of horses for human consumption. The original version would have made the slaughter of horses and burros for human consumption a crime, but was amended to a version that would establish tighter regulations when transporting 20 or more animals. This is the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The North Dakota Legislature moving towards crossover. State Board of Agriculture Research Education Chair Sarah Lovis says the future of House Bill 1010 looks bright for research and education. This legislature really sees agriculture as such a critical industry for North Dakota. And so at this point in time, I feel like we're very well supported. We're very excited about where things are standing. Um, and I think we're really excited to see where things end up right now. The Esper bill passed through the House by a wide margin. Lovis has high hopes for what will happen in the Senate. Compensation packages for um, state employees is really important. You know, we need to have good compensation so that we can recruit and retain those talented scientists and educators. Also, we're working on trying to get a Waldron Hall replacement, which would be like a field labs egg facility. It's really where a lot of the agronomic uh, research comes out of and also hosts um, a bunch of our plant breeding programs for the state of North Dakota. So I'm um, very excited about those. We're excited to get over to the Senate side and have an, a chance to really interact with that appropriations committee coming up soon. The soybean market pulled back yesterday uh, for the fourth time. Van On and Company President Jim Mamter says that the market keeps pulling back from those resistance levels. We're behind this next move and, and to this point with four different times in soybeans as we come up into this resistance count we just haven't had that story that just has the bull convinced that they can get through this with some power and sustain so this is just technical action at its finest. Emter says the South American story though is something to monitor. But is it a game changer when you look to Brazil specifically yes we're seeing a stall in planting of the second crop safrina corn it's not happening to the degree we'd like to see it but that isn't an end-all death sentence for the corn crop either rain is a good thing over time once it's in the ground in regards to harvest we know that there isn't major quality concerns yet due to the totals of rain it's just more of a nuisance on the inability to get an aggressive harvest pace when we're forecast to be early so all those components just kind of muster into that the Argentine story is a big one right now the International Crop Expo continuing today in Grand Forks. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. 
A full trade show and another morning full of education sessions take place today. NDSU Extension held a session on first aid yesterday. Extension agent Caitlin Landis says this was a great way to learn hands-on how to use first aid tools. We actually had participants come in, build their own first aid kit, and actually see what's in the kit. We had Sanford Health coming. They talked about tourniquets and stop the bleed. All True Health Systems did a mini session on burns and also one on falls and splints. All different things that are included in those kits, how to use those items so that you're not just walking home with a first aid kit, but you also know what's in there, how to use it. When you think about where farmers are at, they're out in rural areas, help might be far away, so knowing where that first aid kit is, what's in it, how to use what's in it can really be life-saving or at least help you prevent a serious injury or help work through a serious injury. Landis also serves on the ice planning committee and highlighted some of today's programming. There's always the potato room, the small grains room, and the dry bean or the soybean room. So tomorrow in the soybean room we have Sam Markell, Greg Endres, and Jiwon Kim, who is with the North Dakota Trade Office. Um, they're all coming to speak on beans, bean diseases, updates and recommendations, and also the international market outlook. Um, so those are just a few of the programs going on. There's also small grains where we've got Allison Thompson from the Money Farm, um, Andrew Friskop with Plant Pathology, and then, of course, Scott Steffes talking about machinery and land sales. Potato sessions will begin at 8.15 with updates from the National Potato Growers, Insect Management, Nutrient Management, and more. Reporting agriculture's business from the International Crop Expo in Grand Forks, I'm Whitney Pittman. Neil Kasky has been tapped to lead the National Corn Growers Association as its new CEO. Kasky will assume the role February 27th. Previously, Kasky served as the Corn Growers Vice President of Communications and Industry Relations for over four years and worked for the American Soybean Association as a legislative aide. The Food and Agriculture Climate Alliance has updated its policy recommendations for the new Farm Bill. This is a broad coalition with more than 80 farm groups, food companies, sportsmen's groups, and environmental organizations. This alliance is asking Congress to pass a farm bill that features voluntary bipartisan climate solutions. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. USDA has $2 million available for risk management education and training. The Risk Management Agency is making the funds available to extension, universities, and nonprofit organizations. Proposals must be submitted by April 24th. This is National FFA Week, and the Red River Farm Network is highlighting success stories of former FFA members from the region. South Dakota Soybean Association Executive Director Jerry Schmitz hails from the Elk Point FFA chapter in the very southeastern corner of the state. Schmidt says giving back to the community was a highlight of his FFA career. We did a number of things um, for the community, building South Dakota communities, which was uh, we had some projects in, in uh, for instance, the city of Elk Point Park, but also uh, a number of contests, whether, whether that was crops or, or public speaking, and so dabbled in, in each of those, and, and the more I learned, the more excited I got about it. And, and so eventually went on to become a state officer. Schmidt served on the 1974-1975 South Dakota State FFA officer team and credits his time in the blue jacket for giving him the skills to succeed in his career path. That seems like centuries ago. <laughs> But it's very vivid in my mind, just the people that you got to work with. 
and and still today the the relationships that we have because of those experiences that we had back then. When people ask, how did you get to where you are today? One thing that really stands out to me is the experiences and the things that I learned in FFA, those being working with other people and the conduct of meetings and how to do things efficiently and and being comfortable speaking publicly. Those things have just been the foundation of what I do today. The Red River Farm Network National FFA Week coverage is sponsored by the Minnesota Agricultural Education Leadership Council, MLC, by Proceed, Nutrient Ag Solutions, and the Northern Canola Growers Association. As we check markets, we are three quarters of a cent higher for Minneapolis wheat, the March contract, 915 the quote, July one and a quarter higher. Chicago wheat, March a half penny higher, and KC wheat down two and a quarter, same contract. March corn, a half cent higher, 674 and a half. We're down three quarters of a cent for new crop corn. Soybeans, a half penny higher for March at 1540. New crop down by four cents. As we check in on the farm calendar, of course, the International Crop Expo is going on today at the Alara Center in Grand Forks at show uh, 9 to uh, 4 o'clock today. Uh, the University of Minnesota Extension is offering, offering an irrigator program. Uh, the first session will be held on March 1st. It will be held in Farmington. Uh, they're going to have three sessions, actually, March 1st, March 8th, and March 15th, taking a look at issues uh, surrounding irrigation. Have yourself a great day. Stay warm. This is the Red River Farm Network.